Okay, g'day Adam, how are you going? Yeah, good Pedro, how are you? Yeah, good thanks, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no worries, um, I've listened to a few of your your episodes, eh? So, yeah, yeah always well, good to... had, had a couple of New Zealanders on and I like keeping my finger on the New Zealand pulse, so I haven't had one yeah. in a while, so I thought, I mean, you've been at a lot of races and done a lot of races, so I thought it'll be fun to talk to. Yeah, cool, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how long have you been in the running game for? Uh, I'm trying to think. So I did, I guess one of the first things I did was, was probably over 20 years ago now. I, was, I might have been at 19 and I did a marathon uh, randomly. Just like, yeah, me and a mate decided to enter like the night before. Mm. Um, yeah, so sort of went from there and then I think yeah maybe 14 or 15 years ago i might have done like a 60k mountain marathon like ultra over here um and then yeah just slowly progressed like double marathon then 100k uh and then yeah a couple of years ago started getting into the 100 milers so yeah it sort of didn't you know like i see a lot of people do everything in five years they go from you know, 50K to 200K, 300K now. Um, but, yeah, it's probably taken me more sort of 15 years to to build up. Um, yeah, which is which has been really good. Mm. Um, how did you go at the marathon, the one you just signed up the day before? Uh, we literally decided at 9 o'clock on Friday night I think I think the race was at eight o'clock Saturday morning. And we had to drive. I think we had to drive for three hours to get there. So we, I think we got there at one or two in the morning. Slept in the front of the car, and then, yeah, just tried to get through this marathon, which was fine. Uh, I I'd kind of read a few of the uh, Arthur Lydiard books, right? Um, and I knew I knew a fair bit about hitting the wall and stuff. So I had I tried to pace it as best I could, but we weren't really runners so um i still hit the wall i think about that 32k mark and then and then i we weren't organized we didn't have enough food and stuff like i was scrounging we didn't even enter this is like uh how crazy it was you know um so yeah i was getting gels off the ground and yeah um, but i think i think i did four and a half hours and i think my mate did 415 or something yeah well um you must have been pretty fit. Were you playing any sports or anything like that? Uh, we were both in the army at the time, so oh. like, so we were fit. But our, like, I think our longest run would probably be fifteen k or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that was just part of work. So, uh, yeah, but it was great. And the the amazing thing about that was, I was I was fairly wrecked from that, and then on the Monday at work you know we had to do a pt session and i was i felt fully recovered yeah. like i had a I had a great session at work that day and it, i think it was running and swimming and it was a great session and i just thought oh this is fantastic like if i can do this thing on saturday completely unprepared and then on monday i'm good to go like this is this is pretty interesting so yeah that was exciting um, yeah um, I don't think we, I think we did the same thing a couple of years later and then 
but I didn't really do, I didn't go and jump into a whole lot of marathons or anything. Right. Okay. Uh, just, had, just had all the stuff going on. And, yeah. Have you um, like smashed that four hour 15 time? Like, have you? Uh, I've, I, I don't do a lot of that stuff. Like I don't, I, I did do a few halves, half marathons um, a few years ago and I'd be doing like sort of 119, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and then I've done, I've done like 310 for a marathon. Yeah, that's a bit cool. Um, and I think last, like a year or two ago, I was going to try it. I want to go under three at some point. Um, and I went to the Gold Coast Marathon, but I was really, I was really crook for that. And uh, I think I did three, I think I did 314, but I, yeah, I wasn't even going to run. Like it was, I was so blocked up. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was a good, it was still a good run. Like I, I should do more of them. They, they are quite fun, especially when there's ten, ten, tens of thousands of people there. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's a different thing, eh? So, um, um, yeah, you do come to Australia a bit for race. I saw you've raced at Clint Eastwood. You're here at the, um, Dead Cow as well. So you, you come over a bit. Yeah. The last, yeah, I've done a few races in the last couple of years. Um, I think, yeah, that's what well, we met. So much has happened in the last what, yeah. eight months. I think did we do dead cow like in June last year? Yeah, I remember we we had a we ran together for one or two loops and had a bit of a chat. But yeah, I mean it's it feels it's, like ten years ago now. It feels like <laughs> there's so much has happened in the backyard world, like yeah, since since then. Yeah. Um. So I mean, looking at your Strava, I mean, you definitely run up a few hills. You've you've almost done a million meters of elevation. A million meters. I reckon you'll probably do it this year. I think you need forty thousand meters. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Not a million, really. Yeah, a million. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I've got no idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the last couple of years I've been doing this race over here called the Revenant. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's kind of Barclay styled. Um, so 60 hour cutoff and that's, it's supposed to be around 16,000 meters of vert. Mm. So yeah, for races like that, like I'll definitely rack up the vert. And then when I'm living in Queenstown, uh, like right out my door is, you know, a mountain. So yeah, it's pretty easy just to get 500 meters or a thousand meters. It's yeah. totally different to what you guys do. <laughs> Like I know, I know on the Gold Coast and stuff like you guys are, you know, jump in the elevator and run along the beach, you know, yeah. pop out the elevator and then run down the beach and it's, all, it's a lot of tarmac and stuff um, and a lot of flat. So it's completely different over here. Yeah, well, I've seen photos. It looks beautiful. Um, but with the Revenant, I know Sean Collins has finished twice. Have you, have you finished the Revenant yourself? Sean's finished once. Oh, right, once. Um, yeah, there's only what are we up to now? I think there's five or six six people that have finished, um, and it's been going for maybe six years or something. Uh, I've never finished, so uh, last year I was I was the second last one going, uh, and that was what was that? That was my best year that I've had. So I did uh, two and a half loops. You've got to do four loops. Uh, each loop you've kind of got 15 hours to do uh, so that was 45 hours for me and then I was I'd only done half the loop so I was 
I'd been cut. And then the year before that, I was the last last one standing, but that was that was something like 35 hours. Uh, and th- those two years, I, I just struggled with like sleep. So, mm. and, and you're on your own and you can't, you do get the feeling that everyone else has dropped out. Like you have a bit of an idea of what's going on. And then, yeah, you kind of know you've got to go down these, you've got to go down to the bottom to get a checkpoint and then to come back up. So that can be quite taxing. Mm. Uh, so, you know, if you commit to that next checkpoint, then it's the only way to get back is to climb back out. So you kind of like, well, might as well, you know, I could just tap here and then I don't have to do that climb yeah. you know because you can be you can be mucking around out there for an extra five or six hours and not be getting anywhere you do you know yeah. what i mean like you're not gonna yeah. finish so yeah it's it's fairly brutal but it's it's a great event and it's yeah it's really good fun um, yeah, it looks pretty hardcore which, which one is and that's the one where you were eating cheese when the race director <laughs> passed, right yeah so they have they have a few safety sort of people out there and i'd been so two years in a row, I'd been sleepwalking in that particular spot, which is a full drive track. Yeah. And that was on my third loop. And it was at the same time as like the previous year. So it was like something like three or four in the morning. You know, do you know when like things are starting to get hard? Yeah. Um, and, and he has started the last three years. So you don't know the start time. Yeah. And he has started on the, the Thursday night. So you so you've woken up Thursday morning, then you have this race briefing at like four o'clock in the afternoon, and then you'll be mucking around for five or six hours, and then nine o'clock you'll start the race. So you've already been up for the whole day. Uh, so it's it's not a great start time, and <laughs> so I think yeah, when I've been falling asleep, it's been you know maybe you've been awake for like forty or fifty hours, and then yeah. it, then you on your third lap, and then yeah it starts to get very difficult so yeah i was eating cheese and and they caught me it had been raining and i'd been i'd probably been sleepwalking for about an hour and a half so going for like you know 20 meters falling asleep for a minute wake back up go like another 20 meters i've been doing that for like probably a couple of hours and then i finally woke up and i put like my wet weather gear on and i was sick of eating sugar so i had some cheese i was like i need to eat something else and then I was finally waking up and they turned up. And uh, yeah, it's just when you're sitting there and you're fairly cooked and they're asking you how you are, you're <laughs> kind of like, well, it's raining, I'm soaking wet. It's, I've been awake for 50 hours. Um, and I'm moving it like, you know, a kilometre an hour. So <laughs> it's, it's not going great. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool video. Um, so. Yeah. You you ran at New Zealand's first backyard ultra back at in two thousand and nineteen at Riverhead, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, did you know much about backyard ultras before that first one? Uh so so yeah, that was the first one in New Zealand. We didn't know a heck of a lot about it. I think like a lot of people, we'd seen like maybe Courtney, hmm. and it had kind of came on the scene that way, and. I think people started thinking, what was going on? What are these people up to? Like, was it maybe at 50 or 60 hours or something? Mm. And so I think it was starting to um, pique some people's interest. And then, yeah, so Sean brought it over. And I'd just done, I'd done a 100 miler that was, I I would sort of consider relatively flat. 
uh, and Quirk, which was 2017. Uh, and that was sort of just over 18 hours. And then 2018, I'd done Northburn, which is the opposite. It's like 10,000 metres of climbing. And so, yeah, I'd been building up the race distance. And then I'd Northburn for me was like New Zealand's toughest race. So I was like, okay, that's the next step. Like I want to do a hard 100 miler. So I did that and then, yeah, good timing. Like 2019, here's the backyard where you just keep going until no, no one's left. Yeah. And that, yeah, it was great timing for me. So I just thought, well, that's pretty much what I want because I'm just, you know, going to start building up distance and and stuff. Um, that was like my goal. It wasn't to go and, you know, do a whole lot of races around the world or, or anything like that. I was just interested to see how far I could go, how hard, you know, something could be um you know how, how long you could go without sleep that sort of thing which is what i've been doing for you know the whole time i've been running just building up the distance yeah um so yeah that was perfect and it was a great race like i think i think because it was the first one and everyone was like really into the rules and stuff it was like really you get in the corral it was really well organized and then it was like a really classic race even though like now it seems like it everyone sort of dropped out early like i think we were down to five or six of us at 15 hours yeah but then nothing happened for like the next 10 hours it was just five of us every lap yeah so it was it was a really good backyard and it was five out of the five people like any of us could have won yeah and it was it was like people you would expect to be there that, that had like, you know, hundred mile experience. Mm. Um, yeah. And it was, and it was captivating. I think like everyone watching it was like, none of these five are going to, are going to stop. Like it was just groundhog day every hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you did well. I think you were the assist with 28 and were you, did you just love it? Were you thinking, man, I can't wait to do another one? Uh, I was I was pretty I was pretty wild at the time because I had I had put in quite a lot of training to it yeah. for it um, and then during the race I I thought I might have I might have ended up fourth or fifth so I was looking at everyone else and you get a pretty good sense of how people are going right. And you can spot when someone's like favoring a leg or, you know, someone's like maybe hasn't slept that well, like leading up to it. So they're sort of maybe talking a bit more, you know, they don't have a poker face or whatever. So you pick up on some of that stuff. And yeah, just looking at the others, I sort of thought maybe I'll be fourth or fifth. And then as the backyard tends to happen, like it all of a sudden it happened and it, it kind of happened after I put on a hot lap. So I did a fast lap at, I did my fastest lap at like hour 25 or something. Right. And, and I'd consistently been at the back. So when there was 50 people in that race, I was 50th. And I'd just been running like 54s or something. And I had that plan like worked out. I was like, I'll just sit at the back and I'll just wait till there's no one left. And, yeah. uh, and then, it, yeah, I think it was at 25, I started thinking I'm sort of falling back a bit. And so I threw in a hot lap. And after that, then it was just complete carnage. Like uh, one of the strongest guys there, like dropped out the next lap. And, and I thought, oh, he's going to win for sure. He's like super strong. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, so it sort of went in reverse to how I thought it was going to happen. And then I ended up being the assist. So that was kind of frustrating because it's like you're frustratingly close. Yeah. But, yeah, you, I, it was great because I was getting sucked into every lap from sort of 24, 25 onwards, and then I was getting spat back out. Right. And I, I couldn't really believe that I was making it. Like, so it was like 58-minute laps right. repeatedly. And then – but that was the great thing. Like, out of those five people – like Sean, Sean Collins was there. He ruptured his Achilles. Uh, Ian Evans was there. He was super strong. And then he just went from, I think every lap that he did for 25 hours was like within 60 seconds. It was like between, I don't know, 47 and 48, say. Yeah. It's like he didn't miss a beat. And then he just dropped out because he was like sick or whatever. Uh, Andrew McDowell like basically collapsed. 100 meters from the start line yeah and they were like had to like they were worried about him but he, he was fine mm. and then i just basically like ground ground to a hold so everyone like kind of had a good story like do you know what i mean so yeah. it was yeah like now there's backouts everywhere there's so much so much going on like that just like when i look back at it it just seems like such a cool yeah it sounds like <laughs> cool an event awesome. to be a part of yeah, it sounds like it was an awesome first race to, to happen in the country. Um, yeah, it was super exciting, yeah. Yeah, and I know the next year, like, you found some really good form and I and you ran 35 for Team New Zealand, right? Um, you were last one standing for Team New Zealand at the SAT Champs, is that correct? Yeah, exactly, yep. So so we put together – so back then we put together a team um, because we they didn't really have the qualifying set up. So yeah. we just got like we got the people that had done the Riverhead, and then we got like people that we thought were like the strongest in New Zealand, and we had a really good team. Like we had um, some really strong people, but a few of them hadn't done a backyard before. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess from the year before, I I was probably a little bit pissed, like that I'd sort of come close. Um, and it's not that you don't win, but it's like when you look at it, you think I could have done like slightly better. Yeah. Like I, I probably could have won that. Yeah. And that, and that's like the annoying thing. It's like that you just didn't maybe do the best that you could have, right? But that was just like minor stuff, like minor tweaks and stuff. And so I was probably, yeah, for the next one, I was, I was pretty ready to go. But that was COVID year as well. Yeah. Um, and so I think Riverhead got cancelled like twice. And then, it, so the whole year dragged out and I'm like sitting on this like massive base of training. <laughs> and then like this race has been cancelled twice. And then we're finally going to this like team event. And so it was kind of like, oh, like we're here, like finally, you know, like this is just dragged on forever. Um but yeah, that was a hard race. Like that, I don't know. That first twenty-four hours is always hard. And yeah. like, even if you listen to Harvey Lewis, and you know, he says that about Bergs. You know, like you got you. You know, you're sitting there at three in the morning, and you're looking at like, I don't know how many people we had, but you maybe looking at like eight or nine other people, and you just think like they look so strong. And then, but yeah, like I managed to get the win there, and that was. It was an interesting thing because I 
I think to get the win at the backyard, you need to have a couple of gears at the end. Like you need to be able to, um, to you know, you need to be able to do those laps, but then you also need to be able to like put the hammer down if you have to. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that even in even at Biggs, like at 108 hours, like Harvey did that. He like put, you know, put the pressure on, and he said like, "I'm here. Like I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Like I can run. You know, mm. like I'm good." And then and that can be pretty demoralizing. Yeah. Um, and I think like that's that was pretty much what I did for 35 hours. Like I, my mate, uh, Glenn Sutton, who should probably get on the podcast. He's he's a legend around here. Um, he, yeah, he, I, he won he won pigs just the other day, didn't he? He just won pigs. He's starting to get into the backyard. Like it's, it took him a. It, he did that first teams one, and then we weren't really sure if he'd be into it because he's. Uh, I love the guy, but he has the worst race strategy of all time. So he would just take off for a 200 mile race like a cut cat. Yeah. And, and then he will just hang on for the second 100 miles. Like, and it's like, yeah, it's like the worst thing you could do. But he's, he's so tough that it works. Mm. And like, you, like he will always finish. So you will have to, you'll have to be in front of him and you'll have to finish. Like, uh, but, but yeah, he just takes off. And when, when he did that teams one, we weren't sure. We were like, what is he going to do? Is he going to run like sub 40 minute laps and then just take a massive break? But he didn't. He like sat at the back. He was, oh, okay. And he told me like the first few laps, he was like, this is so boring. He was, right. like, <laughs> he's, he, he was basically, he was like, this is terrible. But <laughs> he, had, he had a great strategy and he was there at the end. And I knew like, if I don't, if I don't get rid of him, if I don't like try and crush him, he could be here for days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and he did a, he, he quite often does these crazy runs just that he comes up with. And a couple of years ago, he did, he did a run from Milford Sound to Mount Cook. Right. And it was 570 kilometers. Wow. And he did it in 100 hours. Oh, man. He did it on less than like, two hours sleep it was way before they did 100 hours at the backyard yeah uh, so he was a k short an hour but he went over like there was a couple of there's a couple of mountain passes there that he had to go over and it was on the road and it was just with like his mates like they were driving a van like crewing him yeah wow so he, he essentially did like a 100 hour backyard like yeah. before it was a thing yeah. <laughs> i think he had a couple hours sleep yeah, well, I, I watched the um, live stream of Pigs and, and he, um, both the last two guys looked really strong. Both looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Forget the um, other guy's name, though. But, yeah, he's won, he's won two in the last last few months now. So looking good for the, um, the team's event. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so with, the, um, with you winning the Sat Champs, I mean... I don't want to bring up bad memories, but, but <laughs> you weren't able to go to Bigs because of COVID, right? Yeah, so I like I could have gone, but it was just going to be so it was going to be so expensive and it was going to be so difficult. Yeah, so it wasn't exactly going to be like the trip of a lifetime. It was going to be like a bit of a headache, to be honest. Yeah. So it, was, it would have been it would have been like six or seven weeks a uh, couple of weeks in a hotel coming back to New Zealand, like sitting in Auckland. Yeah. Just to go and, you know, run at Biggs for three or four days. And then, yeah, flights were getting cancelled. There was like a lot of stuff going on. 
Um, so it didn't seem like it would be that great a trip, <laughs> to be honest. It basically would have been like I would have had to have stayed over there and just kind of travel because the other thing was you had to be able to get a hotel to come back. Yeah, sure. So you had to be able to get a quarantine, you yeah. know. And you would have had you wouldn't have been able to take off your mask pretty much the whole time either. Yeah, I mean it was just a crazy time, and I think, but yeah, I think so. I didn't go to that, and then I think uh, Chris Bisley won Riverhead, I think, and then he didn't go either. So yeah, we just we're not you know we don't we love New Zealand, we love like <laughs> the mountains and stuff. So we're just yeah, bugs, you know. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so um, Riverhead relapse that you ran in in 2021, it was a noteworthy race because it was um, for Sam Harvey's first backyard ultra. Did oh, yeah. You, did yeah. you know Sam um, before that race? No, no one knew Sam. Really? I don't know if he had done, I don't know if he had done too many runs. Um, yeah, so he, yeah, he burst on the scene with that. And that's when Chris Chris won and Sam was the assist. Yeah. And I think my first interaction with Sam was, I can't remember, it might have been, it was a horrendous course at Riverhead that year. So Sean, so we're always complaining to Sean to like try and flatten the course out. Right. And uh, that was the same. And he tried to flatten it out and then it rained. <laughs> and so, but there's still, there's still hills out there like, you know, there's no way to like flatten it entirely. And then it rained and it's like these clay banks that you're basically skating down every hour. Like, yeah, so it was ridiculous. And uh, it was really exhausting. But I think at about 15 hours, I might have, Sam might have run next to me. And he said something like, he said something like, oh, the, can't wait to get to the second night. And like... Like I'd I'd won the previous one at the thirty five hours, and I was like, we haven't even gone to the second night yet, really. Like, who, and I was kind of like, who's this dude? Like, who's this kid that <laughs> thinks he's going to be running for two nights? Like, yeah. and on this muddy, like <laughs> atrocious course. Like, I was I was getting beaten up, and I was just thinking, well, I'm just going to stop because, you know, like your shoulders are getting wrenched, like everything's getting twisted every hour. Um, and here's this kid, and I'm thinking, what is this? Got, what is this dude? Because you know, people talk, people talk a lot of smack, and usually, usually at like a race like Northburn with ten thousand meters of climbing, people will talk a lot of smack for a hundred k, and then you won't see them. They'll they'll DNF, or you know, they'll be crying in an aid station up on the up on the mountain somewhere in the freezing cold, and you, you know, and if you're still going and life's good, then you. You know, you're like, hey, you don't want to talk anymore. You're not laughing. Like, what's wrong? You know, <laughs> you were doing so well in front of me before, you know. Um, and so there's a bit of that. And, yeah, that's what he said to me. And I just thought, who is this dude? And then and then I dropped out at, I don't know how many hours it was. And then, yeah, it ended up being Chris and this guy that I didn't know. And, uh, yeah, he did really well. You know, he was came from nowhere and... I think Chris won with 38 and Sam must have done 37. And Chris is like as tough as they come. So, if, yeah, well, yeah. I remember the first time I saw Sam Harvey um, 
was on the Riverhead Relapse doco that was made not all that long ago, really. I didn't really know what he looked like or anything, but I, the first time I saw him, I thought, like, this this is the coolest-looking backyard ultra runner I've ever seen. <laughs> this bloke has the X factor. He does have the X factor. Like, he's got, he's got everything. Yeah, I mean, that, I, those guys, like, the last the last what sort of eight months you know running you know more than 80 80 hours a couple of times in eight months or six yeah. months or whatever they did uh yeah it's it's crazy like yeah <laughs> yeah like that they're pretty unbreakable you do you know what i mean like when you watch them like when i watched them at dead cow uh harvey phil and sam and then you know watch them again at bigs yeah it's uh yeah it's pretty interesting and and sam for sure is yeah he's got he's got like the speed and he's he's got the endurance he's got like the mental game and stuff so and you know he's not he's he's relatively sort of new and young so um yeah who knows like he just ran what did he just run like 15 30 or something at tarawera yeah that was amazing yeah so yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool to see yeah the um yeah so like as we mentioned before like over the last 12 months you've been at some pretty hardcore races like first of all you ran at you ran at the masters as well as hung around for the whole race till the very end did you, you did 28 there right 28 yards I had, a, I had a shocker yeah i did uh so i I kind of I rate myself as being pretty good at working this sort of thing out. Like so, 2019, the first backyard ultra in New Zealand. Like I had a pretty good idea of how that would play out. Mm. So when it got down to the five of us, I pretty much had predicted that I would be there and the other three guys would be there, and no one knew Katie. So, and I hadn't looked through the list, but the other three guys I knew, you know, were capable, mm. um, and I had a pretty good strategy worked out for that race. So um yeah doing that and then sorry you still there yep i am can you see me yeah um yeah and then seeing things at dead cow and turning up there it was a i was i was really ready for it and i was really well trained and then for the first time ever in a backyard like i just went too quick Wow. And, and which I've never done before. Like I've I've always been really good at, you know, kind of sitting at the back or just taking my time and waiting. Um, yeah, and I think I averaged forty five minute laps for the first twenty hours or something, and totally out of character for me. Like I was sitting sitting in my gazebo early, like watching people come in and thinking this is great. Like I'm getting so much rest and stuff, <laughs> but completely unaware that i was going too quick for me so mm. for like phil or sam or those guys you know they're different like they're at a different level in terms of speed and 40 minutes is fine you know like 45 minutes is fine but for me you know like i'm more around that 50 minute mark yeah. so and that it's fine if you do that a couple of times but if you do it for like 20 hours it's hard to come back from yeah uh, do you think you were just excited and that made you go faster or what do you reckon it was? Yeah, I 
It was maybe just like if you've got, even if you've only got five minutes, like come up with a race plan. Like I probably didn't think of that because it's never been an issue. Yeah. Like that's like my strength. I won't worry about it. Like I'm like the strategy will be fine. Mm. And then it was like the race started and I kind of got sucked in and then, yeah, I got, I got spat out. So yeah, it was just one of those things. It was just, you do kind of have to tick all the boxes, even if it's your strength. So you've still got to, you know, if you just take two minutes and go, right, well, actually, what is your race plan? It's like, okay, well, I'm going to do like 50 minutes or 54 minutes or whatever. Then that's your plan and just spend a couple of minutes and come up with that. Um, rather than just doing, yeah, I probably just missed that and then just went by feel, which I also do as well. Like, you know, do a lot of it by feel, but yeah. And just didn't have anyone to say, Hey, like maybe slow it down, you know, like, um, cause yeah, I think I was up, up there with Sam and stuff and it's like, we well, shouldn't be there. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of people like for people that I'm coaching and stuff or people that I see at races, like it, that is like the classic, classic mistake. It's like, Oh, I feel good. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well you're running a hundred mile race. Like, you know, hopefully you've trained like the house down for six months. Like you should be feeling great. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like this is a big task. So of course you should feel good, but that doesn't mean you should be running say next to Sam or do you know what I mean? Like if you don't have the yeah. credentials or you don't have that fast park run or something, then yeah, you shouldn't be there. It's, it's a mistake. It was an easy run to make that mistake at because there were so many people running fast laps, especially on that first day. Yeah, well, totally. Like, they, everyone still does it. So, like, when I think, like, Katie and I sat at the back in 2019 at the first backyard in New Zealand, and then everyone was like, oh, I think we've figured this out. Like, this is how you do it. And then the next year, I think at the team's one, everyone was in front of me and Katie. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just talking to ourselves, like, to each other going, what is going on here? Like, yeah. got all these people on the team that have never done a backyard, but they're all way out in front. And it's and people still do it, and people do it, and in marathons they do it, and pretty much any distance. People, especially guys, are the worst at it because of our ego. But um, yeah, you're just running too quick for your ability, really. And in the backyard, that's critical because mm. yeah, it's just about hanging around. So <clears throat> probably my biggest regret from that race was actually leaving too soon after I dropped out. I wish I stayed for two. You guys all, I couldn't, we couldn't believe it. Like <laughs> I think we couldn't go anywhere, yeah. but I knew like the last couple of, I think I knew the last couple of hours, like this is going to be a world record. Like this course is ridiculously easy. Um, that was the other part of it was like that uh, day course. was fantastic. Like you can almost see the house on mm. the whole loop. Yeah. So it's like, it feels like it's not that difficult. And uh, yeah, so I was like, this is for sure going to go, you know, for a hundred. Like, yeah. and then there were just us Kiwis. It was just like <laughs> Sam's family. And like, there were hardly any Australians there. And we were like, yeah. what is going on here? I, yeah. I guess we couldn't leave. I guess we, we were all locked in for a week in Australia. Um, But yeah, there was no one there. Like, it was. Yeah, that's we, probably my biggest regret of the year is leaving that race. <laughs> idea. It was so great. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have. Could you believe what you were seeing? Uh, 
like we had a great time. Like Sam had a lot of his family there. Uh, Sean Collins was there and him and I are really good friends. And, you know, a few of the Kiwis were still there for a few days as well. And so we knew like Sam's going to go, go long. Phil's going to go long. Harvey's going well. Um, and so we were just straight into like, you know, helping Sam. And then, and then also there was no live results. So it was like, well, let's, you know, we need to get this out there. Like after 50 hours or so, it was like, right, we need to, you know, get into this. And it was, it was great. Like I didn't sleep, uh, after, so I slept for like three or four hours Sunday night before it started going over 50 hours. And then that was it till I didn't go to sleep. No, I don't think any of us Kiwis went to sleep till like the Wednesday night. Yeah. So we went out for dinner. Like it finished, I think, Wednesday lunchtime. And then we all hung out for the afternoon. And then we went for dinner. And then at like nine o'clock Wednesday night, we, we all crashed out. But we essentially just had like a mad 10 minutes every hour where we would crew, you know, people would crew for Harvey, we would crew for Sam, Phil had his crew, maybe do a little bit of social media, and then we would just go back to, like, talking smack and just hanging out by the fire and just being relaxed. So I think what happened after 50 or 60 hours was, like, quite tiring, and then that second 50 hours was fine because the body just kind of adjusted. Yeah. That's I'm what really seemed to happen. You were posting some awesome stuff on your Instagram account. So you must have got a whole heap of new followers during that. Oh, yeah, it was going crazy. It was going cr and it was awesome. Like it was like we've got <laughs> these three guys and none of them are going to stop. Like yeah. like that's the impressive thing when you watch guys like that and they're kind of beyond that 60 70 hours. You, hmm. Like we we got into a routine as crew and it just became as long as we give them like food, drink, we change their clothes. We, you know, try and get them to have some sleep. That's all we have to do. Yeah. They do the rest of it. But as long as we do that, then they will do the loop. Mm. And so, so we got really efficient. Like, I, I don't know if you remember, but like, I remember like when I stopped and it was say like 30, 40, 50 hours, you'd stand on the start line, you watch people run down the road. Yeah. And, and then you would talk and, and all this sort of stuff. After like 70 hours, the whistle would go. They would run like 50 meters and we would turn around and like walk back into the house, like yeah. without like thinking about it at all. Like, yeah. because it was just like, yeah, this is just automatic. Like this is. You're in the, in the zone, in the routine. We're in the zone. Yeah. And, the, and they were great. Like they was, they would stand on the line, the three of them. Um, it seemed like at times they were almost like color coded, like with what they were wearing, you know, like it was just became ridiculous. Like, um, the doco yeah. they made, the doco they made for it was good. Yeah, it was cool. Eh? Yeah. yeah. But that was so amazing. Like just to watch, you know, those guys and to watch Harvey, uh, like drop, mm. but he, he was, he was positive the whole time. He was still trying to do the loop like that was amazing like that guy he has like a, an amazing energy and yeah. uh <coughs> yeah he like the three of them never really quit like they just like something take will eventually take everyone out you know and, and that's what happens to them but 
even when Harvey was like losing his mind and kind of didn't know where he was, he's still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and it just goes to show like we just don't know. Like you've just got to keep if you can stay positive and you can keep thinking like, how can I do this? Yeah, like you shouldn't be thinking about the negative or like anything else. You should just be thinking, okay, I've just got to do this, do this lap. I just got to do this hour. I've just got to eat this food. Mm. I've got to change these shoes. Like that's it. Just hundred percent positivity and just see what happens. Don't overthink it. Yeah, I think a lot of people <coughs> um, watching Bigs learnt that lesson just from watching Bigs because nearly all those runners just went till they forgot where they were or and stuff yeah. like that. And after Biggs, um, I know in New Zealand, it was only a few weeks after Biggs, like the New Zealand record on home soil was broken, so they, they broke 50 hours and stuff like that. Do you reckon that was because they'd be, people had been watching Biggs? Yeah, I think so. I think once, like it's, it's so difficult, like you look back at, at, say, New Zealand in 2019 and you're like, oh, there was five people at 15 hours. Mm. And we thought, oh, we've done really well. Like we've crushed like 60 people or whatever. And now we're in this like elite group. But now you think 15 hours is like park run like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like 15 hours is nothing. Like, and if you're running 100 miles, like 15 hours isn't that big a deal. Mm. But it just depends on what else is going on. So now that it's at 100 hours is becoming more normal yeah. or like 80 hours or like at Bigs. I think there were 47 people at 200 miles. Yeah. That is, do you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Um, and so that just shifts it for everyone. So I think it has a bearing, but there's st there are still backyards where it goes for 25 or 30 hours or you've still got to have that competition mm. and you've still got to have people that want to do it. And then you've still got to have, you know that the course as well like new zealand courses traditionally have been quite hard yeah so like the one like dead cow and clint eastwood it was just like flat as a pancake mm. do you know what i mean and even the bigs course when people were saying like oh the the day loop at bigs is quite hard it was like there's a typical new zealand loop right, like yeah. and maybe i think some people say it's like kind of harder or similar but i would say like it's almost be easier uh, only only for the fact the only reason that it would maybe be harder is that it's like tucked in the trees so you just like hit them there's yeah. no like I, I could see you could easily get kind of not lost but you could you just get lost in your own thoughts because you're just hidden under this canopy you know there's nothing there's no like outlook yeah did, did you sneak out and run that day course over the night or did strava just update it at a funny time uh yeah i ran i think i ran it a couple of times yeah yeah, yeah. i ran it at night i think once yeah yeah that yeah. must have been a cool race to be at oh it was crazy like especially after dead cow because i well we got there and and laz is so you know he's so iconic like he's just a cool guy and and he just loves it you know which is what you want like he just he loves sport he he loves like what he's doing like the backyard and the barkley and stuff you know he just he's got like his traditions and stuff of lighting the fire and putting the flags up and it's like no one else can do it you know like laz has to do it 
And he blows the whistle every hour. And he has done for every backyard, I think, since when they started 2000, 2012. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. 108 hours. He blew I mean, yeah, he blows it for, yeah, he blew it for 108 hours. So the yeah. guy never gets that much sleep, you know, yeah. like maybe 20 minutes an hour. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then to see the guys go for so long, like to see that group get to 200 miles, which was, I think, 47 people. Mm. And even Laz was, like, his mind was, like, blown. Yes. Was like, this is just outrageous. And then and then I remember for me, like, I think it was about at 65 hours. And I, I was crewing for Ryan Crawford. He dropped out early. And then... You know, the other part of the reason I was sort of over there was to try and, you know, me and Sam's mum were maybe going to try and, like, team together and because we're like, okay, well, if these guys go for 100 hours, then we need to, like, her and I probably had the most experience along with, say, like, Gemma Gore as well of, like, doing 100 hours, you know? Like, there's not that many people that have done that. So I was like, well, maybe we can team up and we can get some sleep and stuff. So then so, so once Ryan dropped out, that was, you know, that was me. I was going to help uh, with Sam. And, yeah, I remember being at like 65 hours and just sitting there and looking at Sam and just thinking, this is so boring. Like this is, they haven't even run far. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm just kind of slapping myself going, no, this is ridiculous. Like 65 hours is a long way. Like, you know, we need to, you know, help these runners. Like, this is like, I was just thinking, this is, they haven't even started yet. Like, we're not even, we don't even need to be here. Like, they can do this, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's like you said before, like, the first 24 hours is the hardest. Like, you can go for the first nine hours and it feels like forever. And you, you think, I've still got to do this 15 more hours till I get to 24. So yeah. Like, so, I mean, imagine going for 65 hours and thinking I've got to do this for another 35 to make my PB. Oh, it's, yeah, and you can't think like that. You, you <laughs> yeah. can't think yeah. like that. Yeah, and yeah. I, think, I think Harvey Lewis is like a, a great testament to just, uh, like, like we said hi to each other when he did his first lap at Biggs. Mm. And after that, he, like, he to to look at him i think what he did was he just basically shut the engines down for like 50 hours yeah and he, he might have grabbed a few people like when he was out on the loop like he grabbed like five or six people they might run together but i think essentially he just can't, tries to switch off like you know not use up any any extra energy like not like i think at dead cow he was he made a point to like remember people's names he talked to everyone you know um that sort of thing but i think at books he was just he just locked in and then i think he just knows like you got to get through this couple of days with like you know minimal damage you know be as efficient as you can be don't use up any energy like everyone was just saying like harvey just looks you know, like he doesn't look great. Like he didn't look great the whole time. Yeah. But it's like he's just waiting to strike because he knows that moment is going to come, but it's going to take a long time to get there. Yeah. It's pretty amazing because he was, he said himself that he went, he went in like without hardly getting any sleep the night before and he was 
having trouble sleeping for the first couple of nights. So just to remain focused for that long is just um, just just remain focused is just that is amazing. I reckon. Totally, like he was like everyone else had their moment, right? Like like Sam had a moment at ninety one hours, and that was it. And then all the other guys have moments. Some of them are like battling on, like you know, like they're taped up and they're like just they're hanging together by tape, you know, and it's like they're just trying to stay in there, but then they'll, they'll drop out and then – but usually, yeah, people start losing their mind a little bit yeah. and it's like that moment didn't really come for Harvey. Like he he struck like when he needed to, you know, like he was still there and I think that probably just speaks to like years of experience and, and that's essentially his backyard, right? Like he – you know that's that's his place. So he's a legend. Yeah, but to but yeah to do that like like you say like to remain that focused at 108 hours. Yeah, and and yeah. to do that fast loop as well at at 108 hours. And a lot of people think that um, that is what um, made Ehor quit is because Harvey did that fast loop. Yeah, I think like it's definitely a strategy because I think to like to win a backyard, like you need to have hope. And if if you don't have hope, then then it's you know, you can drop. Like you can end up being the assist or like if someone looks too strong, then they sort of they can potentially take away your hope if you're like you know watching them too much and not not just focusing on the lap or yeah um you know which is which is the problem i think and yeah harvey just seems to be good at being in the moment and knowing knowing what he's got to do and you know how to do it and stuff so so because you'd been at um dead cow gully and saw sam phil and harvey lewis do what they did um were you expecting or were you did you have any predictions in your mind did you think that the finishing order might change were you expecting phil to win again or were you expecting sam to win what were you thinking uh yeah i did i did have some thoughts like i'm not i'm not big on going through and like looking at everyone that's in the race and trying to figure it out so you know, a lot of it's going to be off the people that I know. And then, you know, so essentially I thought, I thought maybe Harvey was just having watched him at Dead Cow. I thought maybe there was a limit there. Yeah. So I didn't know that, like, I was amazed that he did 108. Yeah. But now, and, and knowing the guy more, like, it totally, like, it makes sense now, but. You know that was maybe something I missed at the time, but that's just because I'm I'm basing it off what happened at Dead Cow, mm. and I just think, you know, Phil's so strong and Sam's so strong, and they, and they they looked really good at Dead Cow, right? And and so I just sort of thought, you know, well maybe that's Harvey's limit, like maybe he's around ninety, like maybe that's a limit, but you know, I don't I don't know, but that would have been maybe something I thought I thought. Sam for sure could win, and that's, you know, part of the reason I was there. I was like, for sure Sam can do it, you know, 
like he's he's one of the best in the world at it. Um, and having seen him at Dead Cow, and he had he had problems, but he still was there. Do you know what I mean? Like he was still there over a hundred hours, and he was still fine. Like he was still doing the lap. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, man, if he's a good day, like look yeah. out, you know. And yeah. and that, and there was he hadn't gone that far in New Zealand. Like no one could go with him, and he just dominated New Zealand. Like every backyard, like no one could touch him. Yeah. So so for him to go, and I'm not sure what he was at before uh, Dead Cow. But to jump up to 100, whereas like Phil had gone from, say, what, 78 to 100? Yeah, 76, yeah. 76 to 100, right? And Sam had just jumped, like like doubled or something. And it's yeah. like, yeah, like he's legit. Like he can, he could just crush everyone. Yeah. Um, Phil, I had a little bit of a prediction for Phil, which, um, I mean, Phil's so well known for like being so methodical, sticking to the, the time, sticking to what he's going to eat, and that is a, for sure a real strength that he has, right? Like, so when when those doubts come in or when that little voice comes in, like, no, like Phil will just stick to the plan. Like, Phil will listen to his crew. Like, his crew will organise this and Phil will just be the machine, you know, and that that is awesome. The land like that works. But I thought that may, like, work a little bit against him, Um at Biggs because the course is going to be harder and if you don't adjust like those little things then I think you're going to get burnt up a little bit quicker mm. and and a little bit quicker in this in their realm is like ridiculous it's over 100 hours so that just seems mm. like I'm not going to tell anyone that's running 100 hours like you know I'm not going to give them any advice but yeah I think that could be you know, it can also be a weakness just to be like just running off the cuff, which is probably what a lot of us do, right? Mm. But so so we maybe need to inject like a little bit of Phil's like methodical approach into our, our running. But yeah, I just think for that course, like going from Australia and then going to going to Biggs, it's like to be a little bit more flexible, you know, could potentially have seen him go a bit longer. Mm. um and i was quite it was pretty warm there um and yeah just trying to stick to a time or do anything and the course is rougher i think he fell over a few times i think a lot of them said they were falling over um yeah there might have just been like some small adjustments to make there that um could have made some difference Mm. but but yeah i think like sam you know sam totally could have could have won that as well. I think all those guys that are there, like beyond eighty, they've all they've all got like a great chance of mm. of doing it. You know, um, you, you did mention um, Harvey Lewis was locked in, like he was a different beast compared to Dead Cow Gully. Like at, at around what stage? Do you remember at around what stage at Biggs you were thinking, yeah? This is a different Harvey Lewis to the one I saw at Dead Cow Gully. Oh, uh, I no, I didn't think he was different. Like he was, he was definitely locked in at Dead Cow, which I, you know, I've never, I never met him, so I didn't know what his plan was for Dead Cow. I think because he had bad water coming up, mm. and so I thought, well, maybe he'll do fifty. So 
So I, like I was, um, I was super impressed when he, he just went for it, you know, and like broke his record, did, yeah. what did he do? Like early nineties or something. And I was thinking, what was this guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Like I was like, this guy's um, unbelievable. Um, so no, I don't think it was any different. I think, I think he was just like a little bit, yeah, it was just like a different sort of approach in terms of he probably knew he was tired and just like try and conserve energy, especially for that first couple of days. He did that at Dead Cow as well. Mm. And he, he told it like, I don't know if you were there, but he told a lot of us like maybe in those, in that first day, like, like slow down because, you know, we want to have as many people as we can on the second and third day, you know, like, so he knows like he's, if you go to if people listening that are going to a backyard, like you should be following those guys and like, you know, you should be sitting behind them or talking to them or, um, yeah, you shouldn't be like in front of a lot of them unless you're, you know, a freak. But, um, if you're just, yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot to learn from those guys. Yeah. And so, yeah, but he's, yeah, he's had an incredible last year. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah, I think, yeah, he just he just went for it at Biggs, you know, it was great. It was Did, great to watch him. Yeah, the live stream was awesome. I can only imagine how good it would have been being there. But was being there, did it, did it fire you? Did it, like, stoke some fire in your belly and, like, make you want to go back as a runner? Uh, yeah, I need to – I'm having a bit of a reset right. at the moment. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm taking a couple of months now and just just to decide what I want to do. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, like, like I said earlier, like, I, I sort of started this to see, you know, how far I can go, like, so just for myself um so yeah i've got to yeah just make a decision on what i'm gonna do yeah it's sure. pretty fun though like it is pretty fun hammering out the backyard and, yeah. <laughs> it um, looks like the it looks like the new zealand set chance team's gonna be um strong this year yeah and i'm not in it so <laughs> i gotta <laughs> i gotta try well, and get you've, in, you've in got time yeah i think it's a at 41 now or something yeah. so yeah um yeah i've got got a little bit of time right now. <laughs> are you who's in your team are you in are you oh, on that one oh they're, they're at the moment you got to do, be on 51 to make it my best is 34. i'm doing a silver ticket race um in two weeks so my goal of, of course my ultimate goal is to make that team but um i wouldn't be surprised if the end figure is about 60 to get in in the Australian team, oh yeah, yeah, pretty a pretty strong team. But yeah, uh, it's getting up there. Yeah, um, I've got one more race in June as well, so I've got two two chances. That's my ultimate ultimate goal. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys? Yeah, you guys have a lot of strong runners. Like yeah, and representing and some, at Bigs, like yeah, huge. And some of them don't run that many backyards. Like some of them only run one a year. But whenever they do, it's when, enough when you're running for three or four days, why would you? You wouldn't yeah. want to run that many of them. Yeah, and like, the, yeah, and with with backyards, if you're good, 
you only have to run one one a year because to make the set chance team and then run a good race yep. at set chance and you can make it to bigs yeah that's the cool thing like i think because for people like phil and harvey and sam and that and ehor and stuff yeah like you know what are you going to do like it's not really a sport you know like running 100 hours like that's starting to get fairly ridiculous so so at least if you can do the team and then bigs and then you don't have to think about it mm. then i guess you've got a year break <laughs> well the guys who do well at bigs they don't even have to run at set champs like if you get enough yards at bigs it qualifies you for the next bigs so if you're good enough you can just run at bigs and that's the only time you ever run a backyard ultra yeah i think that's i think that's great really because yeah yeah like i mean i think you know for the backyards i've done i've always sort of thought can't we just jump in at the 24 hour mark like everyone knows we can do that but yeah <laughs> like let's just fast forward to that um but yeah it'd be, be a bit okay. crazy for those guys to turn up and do you know just smack out like multiple adr yeah backyards. do you know what i mean like every few months it's like yeah <laughs> well like sam after after um dead cow he came out and won that um that really cold one over there yeah crazies crazy yeah, cats. yeah middle of winter we both did it it was like yeah i think it sucked for both of us like you like you know that feeling where you do a big race and then you're like i'm overrunning i don't want to do it anymore and it take, takes a few days or a few weeks to yeah to get back whereas we were both standing there like a week later like having been awake for 100 hours <laughs> and then like what are we doing you know <laughs> but he uses that like he uses that he used that fuel like he looked yeah. he looked pretty rough there like and there was a moment where he just where the whistle went he went about 10 meters and then he just stopped oh really and i think there was like five there might have been five or six of them left and he just stopped and you can kind of hear him like take a deep breath and then he started like started running and then he, he i think he came in first on that lap yeah but he was just like as you'd imagine like he'd just done 101 hours and you know he's yeah. like what am i doing here yeah <laughs> I, I, he, I, used, I, he used that he was like you're an idiot you know you need to suck it up and yeah get on like um is the backer is the set chance team for new zealand the same course every time or is it does it move around uh so i think what we're trying to do is find a find a course down in the south island um so one that's yeah like flatter and easier and stuff so um but yeah i think because it's not like it's obviously not a commercial thing it's just a a volunteer run thing then it's just kind of trying to find the people and who wants you know where we can do it and stuff so yeah um because normally it's just been sean that has kind of put it together so it's typically been somewhere around auckland but yeah, it's surprising to ha surprisingly hard to find, you know, good courses that are. I think the Arrowtown backyard that um, my mate Brandon put on a few months ago, like he went through like two or three places before he could get like consent to have an event, and yeah, it's like it's only six point seven k, like. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you need everything perfect because you, you might find the perfect course, but you need, still need, like, most of the time you need power to power up your computers and Yeah, totally. Stuff like and that. then I think, I guess if it's going to go for three or four or five days, then, yeah, you've got to start thinking about the public and stuff. Like, if it's a busy area that's like, what are these guys, they're still here? Like, you know, we want to use the park too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what are you guys doing? You know. So um, I keep on hearing about this thing called Crush the Cargill. Um, yeah. I think, but I don't really know all that much about it. So can you tell me a bit about what it is? Yeah. So where I'm from, Dunedin, which is um, sort of near the bottom of the South Island, um, in, in Dunedin City, there's Mount Cargill, which is, yeah, it's about 4K run up. 550 meters of vert and uh yeah a couple of my mates a few years ago they decided to just hold like a yeah not really an event but just like hey we're gonna go and see if we can run up and down here for 24 hours and uh yeah and that was the birth of crush the cargo and a lot of heartache so <laughs> no but it's uh it's a great run and it's um yeah all the money goes to charity and if you follow the instagram page then it's um pretty chaotic and you need to qualify and all that but um you can probably just turn up on the weekend and do it yeah i, I heard it, it's the south park of 100 milers or something like that something like that yeah <laughs> um yeah so i think the record we we did 100 miles uh at the last one so steve extended the time to 36 hours because we couldn't we were hoping that someone would get 100 miles in 24 hours um but i think the closest sort of couple of guys got was 18 summits right so it ends up being like around 10,000 meters of vert and yeah it's really interesting because the vert because you're only going up for uh you know typically you could run up and say 50 minutes and run down in 25 minutes so you're never doing you know you're never doing up or down for any length of time and then you change so the yeah the vert like surprisingly stacks up really quickly but yeah i did i was so three of us finished the 100 miles last year for the first time and uh it's it's pretty rough like you're at you're looking at your watch and it's six thousand meters and you're like oh i've got I've, I've basically broken the back of it. I've only got 5,000 metres to go or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 you've got some pretty cool races over there. Yeah, you guys should come over for Crush Cargo or uh, Naseby would be a good one for you guys if you want to go long at the backyard. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a 10K figure eight loop. Yeah. That's in August and you can, you can do anything from 30K to 200 miles. Right, yeah. And so, yeah, it's really easy to manage. You don't have to carry anything. And you can just every five k you come back through the the start finish area. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, no, oh, I sort of advocate for all the ones that are down south, like of the South Island. Yeah, uh, Northburn's a good one if you want to do a hard hundred miler. If you want ten thousand meters of vert. Yeah, uh, that's really cool. And and then there's a lot of other ones like the Rootburn Classic, uh, a lot of like shorter kind of mountain trail ones. Mm. that are on the national parks and stuff yeah cool so yeah yeah there's a lot of good ones 
Um, are backyard ultras taking off over there? It looks like it, they're taking off everywhere as far as attendance goes and new races and stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think for a couple of years there, we were just sitting at like maybe two or three backyards. Uh, I think now we might have, say, six backyards. I know compared to you guys, it's like nothing like you guys have. We've got a few, yeah. You guys would have probably a couple of months over there now. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Australia-wide, there's one, I think there's at least one a month on average, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And I think it's been like that for a while for you guys. Um, but, yeah, I think we might have five or six now, so that's quite good. You know, there might yeah. be one every couple of months. And... Yeah, I think people love it, eh? Like, it's such a good spectacle for running. Like, people love to watch, like, that battle, you know, and especially after a day or two days and then you get people that aren't really runners go, hang on, what is this? Like, yeah. you know, everyone wants to watch it, you know, even if they know nothing about it. Mm. And then, yeah, now where it's getting pretty ridiculous, but, you know, here if it's like 40 or 50 hours, people are pretty... You know, it's pretty exciting, especially if you know people or... Yeah. Well, I mean, the live streams are captivating, like not just bigs, but all the live streams of all the races, they're all really good, like, and um, especially when it goes deep. And people, like, they're really interesting because, like, you watch the runners with the, interact with their crew between loops and stuff like that, and it's really, yeah, interesting and fun to watch. Yeah, the funny thing with Biggs was, like, we didn't really see any of that. So, like, we missed, like, I was hearing stories from people afterwards, and I was like, oh, I've got no idea about any of that. Like, because, you know, like, I'd be watching Sam or I'd be watching someone else or, and then, you know, people would be talking about some, you know, Japanese person or Ihor or someone, and I'd be like, oh, I've got no idea. Like, yeah, you know, because I would just see them on the start line, and then, you know, I might, I might see them drop out or something, but. Yeah, I think you guys were getting all these crazy updates and stuff, and it was like, yeah, we weren't really watching that as such. Yeah. It was there was a lot going on at the start-finish, and there, there's quite a bit happened in that race, which was mm. pretty interesting. Um, and the, the, was it the German guy, was it Hendrik? Yeah, Hendrik, yeah. He turned yeah. out with his timing like, shift, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty heartbreaking. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think now, like, what I'm seeing with, like, there's more backyards popping up. It's like, and not so much for Boogs, but for some of the other smaller ones that are starting out, it's like, just, like, stick to the simple rules. Like, it's just, because you, like, I've been to, I go to quite a few backyards and it's, yeah, it's like, just don't put yourself in those positions or, like, the race director in that uh, position where they have to make a decision because it's pretty gutting, you yeah. know. Yeah. But, Yeah. Yeah, you could tell that Laz, it was, you could tell it broke Laz's heart having to disqualify him. Yeah, but there, there is like, and, and it was it was pretty rough when I was watching it and I was a little bit kind of like, oh, this is, this is pretty hard. But in retrospect, like at the start, he does lay down the law, like he lays down the rules, like, and it is really clear. And that's, like, that's part of the reason I like things like the backyard because there's no... Yeah, there's no, like, grey areas. It's mm. like, you made the time, right? You're in the corral, and you don't, 
you don't grab anything you don't like go back yeah and that's it like those are the rules like that's it like there's no rules about timing chips or there's no rules about anything else it's just pretty much three things really yeah. you know don't take assistance be in the corral on time and and complete the lap on time that's if you follow those like it's hard to get into any trouble you yeah. know and, and i saw you but did people a- start doing things you know they start like handing stuff out and you're like sponsors product and you're like don't like that's one of the rules like don't give people stuff it's like oh they're just crossing the line or something it's like <laughs> yeah you know, um, like just take it afterwards <laughs> um i saw you did a race when you were over in New, um, america as well in san, was it san francisco you did a 50 miler yeah yeah i did the uh, golden gate classic yeah that would have been cool yeah, it was great. I was having a good few weeks after Biggs and um, I did like the rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. Which was like, yeah, oh, I don't know, 12 hour day or something. Um, that was cool. And yeah, I was like stringing some good runs together. And then I hadn't done a race. And then I was just started Googling races and sort of came up with a couple. And then I, like the day before I flew out, right. it was Golden Gate Classic. And I thought, how cool would that be to run across there? And yeah, um, it was awesome. Like I had a pretty good run as well. Like I kind of expected there to be a lot of competition, you know, just being America's bigger and better. And then it was teeming down with rain. It didn't rain for like six weeks everywhere in America that I went. I never, I was like, this place is ridiculous. Like it doesn't rain. <laughs> and then the morning of the race, I think it was quite an early start and we're all standing in gazebos and it was just, teaming down like the whole like hour before the race and i started talking to some people and then they they just said oh yeah there might might be like 40 people in this race you know and i was like what like i think there's just way more on the shorter distances and so yeah it was cool because it was like up the front with a few guys and then yeah i had i lost a few places because i there was like they hadn't marked the course for like 500 meters and the guy said it's going to basically going to be marked like every 100 meters or 50 meters he's like if you don't find a marker then go back mm. and yeah me and another guy there were like two junctions and none of them were marked so it was like a lottery of mm. yeah and it's just like those small small moments and races where you just kind of like yeah changes where you are and then you're kind of in no man's land you know <laughs> like yeah because it was like 10 minutes i think and that's all it takes but um yeah it was cool it was good fun yeah uh, and what other races or do you have any other races planned this year at the moment i'm having a reset and i'm and then i'm gonna have to decide yeah what i'm gonna do so whether i make like a last minute dash for the backyard team yeah. i've been in it both times both times that it's run so um yeah, maybe I should pull finger out and, and do that. Uh, I just came off the Revenant, which was last month, which was like the fourth time I've done that. And I normally don't, I'm normally not a repeat offender for races, but uh, that that race is really cool and it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm thinking maybe I need to have a, another good crack at that next year and maybe try and finish it. Yeah. Um, which is like a 59 hour thing, right? It's like a 58, 59 hours. 
and you don't know the time, you know, you don't get given a watch or anything. So, um, does that mean that coming back to Dead Cow Gully next year is oh, this sure. year or the Masters? The Masters. So, so he'll have a Masters next year, will he? I think that's the plan. I think, okay. I think he's just going to have the one race next year and have it as the Masters is the main race as well. I'm not really too sure. But. It's hard to keep up with um, Tim with like hot dog eating competitions <laughs> and accommodation and who knows what else he's got going on. Um, and then there's just a backyard thrown in the mix there somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would love to. It's It would be nice to come back and do justice to that course because – it was a it was a great course. That road, the road, the night was terrible. But <laughs> I mean, a couple of a couple of blokes managed to do a hundred hours, so it can't have been that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, might you come over like for the chili dog challenge, like in May? Just just do that. Just yeah, yeah. Try to take that out. Yeah, maybe. Okay. How's he going to do that? Um, apparently after, but it's not for the, a lot of people got the wrong impression and thought it was oh, actually for the spectators. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> so it's every, it's for the spectators and crew who, or whoever wants to be involved. So right. yeah, there'll be a table set up somewhere with hot dogs on it and the contestants just have to eat as many as they can in three minutes. I'm, I'm doing it. Well, he really needs to make it for the runners. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just the eating contest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you definitely got to do the runners then. There's, you know, he can do that on his own time. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves spectators at a race. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's going to be um, maybe just to add some interest in the race early because, like, you know how, like, as you said, the first 24 hours, like, can be a bit boring. So it's a way to get some eyeball eyeballs on the well, has he thought? So is it, is it just a speed thing? Is it, like, five minutes? Yeah, three minutes. No, he needs to change that. It would be way more interesting if he had to do one an hour or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for as long as the backyard goes for you. Yeah, yeah, like a back, yeah, a backyard ultra of eating competition. Yeah, he no, he needs to change that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like two an hour. Like do it like it's easy to do, but then after five hours you're starting to it's yeah. starting to wear you down. Yeah, and there'll be chili dogs too, so that will um that would make it a bit harder as well. Yeah. Chili con carne. He's, he's doing great things. It was good yeah. to see him at Boots. He, yeah. he had a backyard ultra drive across America, I think. He's just like... He, saw, he, think he drove across places. America and then he had to drive all the way back. Yeah. Yeah, he saw a few places. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's pretty hey, cool, hey, eh? Pretty, pretty cool that Laz, like, started this race and now people are going all around the world for it. Yeah. Yeah, had you been to America before? No, no. Uh -huh. So that's that's partly you know what you know it was kind of next on my list. So it was um, yeah, it was cool to sort of link up with Ryan and have that opportunity. So because yeah. it's it's pretty interesting there. Like he's pretty he's strict on no one else is there. Like no one else can come. Um, yeah, he runs like Laz runs a pretty tight ship on on his farm there, mm. which is understandable, right? Because there's like just with crew and athletes, there's a lot of people. Yeah. Um. 
so you can't you can't really have have it sort of getting out of hand you know yeah um but yeah, no, yeah. amazing race yeah i mean like if it it could go crazy i mean if he didn't have the rules in of like one crew member per runner like it would go crazy you get hundreds of people going there wanting to watch and help yeah, it'll be interesting to see in the next few years, like if there's some tweaks to things like that, you know, like whether you can rotate out crew and stuff. Like it's going for, you know, you know, these guys can go for a hundred hours. So, you know, you, you don't want to hold, you don't want to hold them back because you know there's one poor person there trying to stay awake to <laughs> to feed them stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so if you could just rotate one person out with like the whole, um, you know, girls, girls are probably getting pushed out at the stage, mm. um, with like where the numbers are going and stuff. So, you know, whether there's like going to be other races or, you know, a separate race or, you know, whether you have like some sort of like an adventure racing and stuff they have. You know, if you have a four-person team, then you'll have three guys and a girl. Um, like, every team has to have a girl. So, mm. um, yeah. it'll be interesting well, to see if there's anything like that. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. Les seems pretty firm in his um, stance that it's um, an equal playing field as it is. He seems pretty firm in that stance. Well, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, Laz can do what he wants with with yeah. that, I suppose. Yeah, um, but in terms of, yeah, like I don't know, trying to change. Like, I mean, essentially, like the the teams. Are like, I don't know if there's any girls on the Australian team, or yeah, one's got a silver ticket. There were two in the Australian team last year or last time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there'll be at least one this time. The, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so at the end of, or towards the end of each podcast, I like to ask my guests for their three backyard ultra tips. So what would, oh, you, yeah. what would your three tips be, Adam? My three tips? Uh, that is a good question. Um, you have to run your own race. So this is the first tip and you, yeah, so don't worry about, you sort of have to look at everyone and then do your own thing. So you can take like little bits of information, adjust it to yourself and then, you know, use it for yourself, like, because you're going to be different to that person. So, so for example, like if you're looking at Phil and you're going, okay, he's got like 140 hours worth of food written down and like he's super organized, like take a, like you might not be super organized, but just take like a little bit of that organization and use that for how it's going to work for you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so do your own thing. And you might, you never know, you might have some freakish ability in some other area, which means you'll run a hundred hours at a backyard or or whatever so so yeah do your own thing um go take it easy is probably for the majority of people so for the the top echelon the top like 10 percent or five percent 
you know, this may not apply, but like you, for most people, you're better off sitting at the back and don't get sucked into persons running in front of me. Like it's a race to go for as long as you can, and to you want to you want to you want to do the best that you can, right? So no, no matter how many, whether you do five hours or fifty hours or a hundred hours, like as long as you do your best, and to do for most people to do your best, like you want to like not incur damage you want to be as efficient as you can be you want to keep your heart rate low and then you want to focus on all the simple things like drinking eating all that stuff which is going to be easier if you're taking it a bit easier right uh third tip is there's always a lot of stuff yes i was just gonna say to that second point i know one of the um runners you coach is uh shannon rhodes and I've noticed because I I watch yes. I follow all the races and I notice he's really really good at running like your like around the fifty four minutes per lap and he's like getting getting better and better. Yeah. He's in he's on the um at the moment he's in the New Zealand team so um he's a he's a he seems to be a master yeah. of running slow laps. He um he almost negative splitted the Naseby two hundred miler. Um, back in august which is like phenomenal yeah yeah he came within he he the he came second but he came pretty close to the guy that was in front and he was like running him down yeah um, which is like phenomenal for for that distance mm. um, and then what else okay the third here's the third tip and this is probably a good tip just for runners and stuff as well um so there's a lot of things uh like on podcasts like this and from different coaches and stuff like that like about you know how many calories should i have how much protein should i have how how long should i be running every week all this sort of stuff um but for a lot of that you need to practice it in your training so so the classic thing is with people on race day they're like oh you know you shouldn't be wearing those new shoes or you shouldn't be wearing that vest that you haven't tried but then it, I, I see all these runners and it's like, oh, did you, did you have like, you know, tailwind for 24 hours ever before? No, you've never done that. It's like, oh, have you ever run that quick before? Oh, you've never run that quick. And then they're doing all of this in the first couple of hours of a race. And it's all new stuff. Like, the, Do you know what I mean? So they've kind of gone off plan and they're doing all this new stuff. So... Yes, you can have like an idea of how many calories and how many grams of carbs and stuff you should be having in an hour, but you, it doesn't. What's more important than like say the recommendation is that you have practiced that in your training. So, so go low on a run. So, you know, go go low where you okay. That's what it feels like to bonk a little bit. Like you don't have to be silly. Like don't go and do it out in the middle of nowhere, but go like a you know. Go for a run for an hour and don't have anything. Like if you're just all constantly eating, we'll just go for an hour and see what it's like not to have anything. Like you need because you need to feel what know what that feels like, right? And then do the opposite. Have way too much and feel sick. Yeah. Like do it in your training. Don't because it's because it's going to happen at the backyard, right? Like people get people go, oh, I'm I'm sick. Like I ate too much or I drank too much or whatever. Great. Well, but just try and do a little bit of that in your training. Like, so instead of just targeting, like, oh, I'm going to get stronger and fitter and stuff, like, 
know like today's session is going to be like I'm going to see how much I can eat. Like I'm going to eat a little bit more. Like it doesn't have to be crazy, but you know, have like an extra gel, whatever, an hour, and just see see how that feels, and then try and dial it back and and get that experience so that you're not getting that experience in the race where it's going to like knock you out. Yeah, and you can you can do that with lots of different things, right? So go a little bit too quick, like go, you know, go too quick or whatever. Go just tr like trial different things in your training. Mm -hmm. Because I, I see a lot of people learning stuff in the race. You should try and learn as much as you can before the race. And then, you know, you can be successful at, at the race or at the backyard. Um, that's what a lot of those top guys have done. They've got top guys and girls. They've, They've like trial, you know, had a lot of trial and error mm. prior to race day. Mm. And same goes for your, like, say your taper. Like if you're doing a long run, then that is, if you're having a long weekend running, then that's a great time. Like use that week to practice your taper for that 10 days, like how you're going to eat, you know, you're going to start eating more, you're going to rest a bit more, practice that and then come the backyard you've already done it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this is just another week, which I've already done like six weeks ago in my training. It's nothing new, you know, rather than going, oh, I'm like really nervous. Like it's taper week. Like I'm like, you know, I'm tapering the last few weeks and that, you know, it's like, no, you've already done this. Like you already know what it's like. So yeah, those are my three tips, which are like long tips. <laughs> no, <laughs> very good. Awesome. Awesome tips. Yeah. Um, now um, I know you've got a blog as well, and um, it's it, it's an entertaining read. So um, that's a, yes. your website, Aerobic Edge. Aerobic Edge, yeah, for um, yeah, coaching from me. I've I've had a lot of athletes do the backyard, and yeah, like Shannon, um, he's he's been fortunate enough to win win at least one backyard. He's he's always up there. He's always like right up there in the backyards. Um, yeah, and there's a blog on there which covers like some of my antics, which have been a little bit ridiculous in the last uh, year. So yeah, there's a there's a blog there on the Naseby 200 mile race. Uh, I think there's one there on the Revenant. There's one on uh, Dead Cow, I think. Yeah. So yeah, so check those out. Yeah, for um, sure. Awesome. Well, um, thanks heaps for coming on, Adam. It's been a great chat. It's gone for an hour and. 35 minutes so we've we've done pretty well are we breaking records yet or are we, we're going close it's i don't do many that go over an hour and a half that's for sure but nice. it's been but it's been awesome cool yeah no it's good to chat to you good to catch up yeah um, yeah really meeting good. Dead cow. yeah my race ended up soon uh, pretty early that at that race and then i just got in my car and drove three days <laughs> home so yeah <laughs> Like the rest of Australia that were at Dead Cow, everyone just left. It's going to be a world record, guys. Oh, we don't care. Well, <laughs> that's, one of the things, that's one of the other things I'm going to do this year. If I, if I drop out of a race, I'm just going to stay till the watch till the end now because, there's, I mean, you're missing out if you don't stay and watch. Yeah. 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 Well, it's yeah. if it's going to be a big one, then for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> awesome well all the best adam thanks for coming on and um yeah we'll be in touch and hopefully i'll see you at a race soon yeah awesome thanks pato great all to right. chat yeah have a good one see you mate bye
If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.